Cutscene. Back to the guys in the bar. Cutscene. Uh, it's a dude walking down a hallway. All you hear is the click, clack, click, clack of his heels. Heels? <laughs> He's in heels. <laughs> All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. I don't think I'm quite familiar with that phrase. I'll explain. And I'll use small words so that you'll be sure to understand, you warthog-faced buffoon. Go ahead. Make my day. I make this look good. You are now listening to the Nothing But Real Reviews and More podcast. Now here's something we hope you'll really like. Thank you for listening, everybody. This is Mike Lucas here with Nothing But Real Reviews and More. Uh, this is a, I guess, holiday edition of the Revenant episode. Basically, I'm just going to update a few things, and then uh, you're going to go ahead and enjoy uh, the show from uh, when we originally recorded it with the original cast. So the things I'm going to do here are movies coming out to DVDs this week, so you don't miss that, especially during the holiday season, as well as the movies coming out to theaters. So movies coming to, let's start with out onto DVD, The Wildlife. Don't Breathe, Absolutely Famous, the movie, so that's something I've never heard of, and Baked in Brooklyn, Pete's Dragon, and the BFG. Um, I cannot say that anyone here at Nothing But Real Reviews and More is familiar with any of these. Um, maybe the BFG, but I, did, I almost can guarantee that no one's seen that. I remember Don't Breathe, uh, we got a lot of people telling us that it was a pretty good movie, but I'm not sure if anyone ended up seeing it. Uh, but those are the movies coming to uh, DVDs this week, uh, as well as into theaters now. Uh, Jackie, it's a Pablo Lorraine, Natalie Portman, uh, Peter Sarsgaard film. It's a biography drama. Uh, Incarnate, that's a Brad Payton movie with Aaron Eckhart and Carice Van Houten. Uh, the Eyes of My Mother. That's a. I'm just gonna skip that one. That one looks silly. And things to come. Mia Hansen Love is the director, uh, starring Isabel Huppert, Andre Marcone, and Roman Kalinka. No one I have ever heard of. Uh, so it doesn't look like a very good uh, week for movies um, onto DVD or into theaters. Um, well, I'm sorry to say that, but it just looks like the facts. So in the meantime. Um, we want you to enjoy your holidays. Uh, this is why we are off this week, just through playing an episode for you guys. But enjoy this episode of The Revenant. Uh, we will pick up right when uh, the review begins. Enjoy. The movie we're doing today, I don't even know if I said it at the top of the show. I mean, hopefully I'm going to title it The Revenant. But, you know, just in case I don't for some reason, we're, we're doing The Revenant. Uh, I was gonna say your phone keeps sending out the Reverend. Yes, oh, that's I, intentional. I, that is completely <laughs> intentional. Because the first few times we talked about this during Oscar season, one of our reviewers, Brent Fruget, kept saying the Reverend. Yep, <laughs> he said, "Yeah, Leo and the Reverend." You guys can't do that to me. I spent probably an hour <laughs> looking for the movie The Reverend. Johnny's looking for a black comedy named The Reverend. I found one, and I just. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Uh, the Revenant from 2015, it's rated R, two hours, 36 minutes long, adventure, drama, thriller, uh, Leo's first Oscar, uh, no, no spoiler there. Yeah, um, I'm sure everybody knows about that. Yeah, uh, 8.1 out of 10 on IMDb, 
an 82% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, as well as 85% from the audience, giving it scores of 7.9 and 4.1 out of 5, respectively. Uh, A frontsman on the fur trading expedition in the 1820s fights for survival after being mauled by a bear and left for dead by members of his own hunting team. Uh, Directed by Alejandro Iñárritu, uh, as well as written partially by Alejandro. Uh, it stars Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, Tom Hardy, Dom Hall Gleason, uh, Will Poulter. Oh, yeah. That was a weird noise. <laughs> um, and That's pretty much it. Yeah, there's a, there's another name. Um, oh, there are quite a few. Sid from Toy Story is in it. Wait, what? The kid looks like Sid from Toy Story. I can't think of his name, though. Oh. You know what I'm talking about? No. No? The, is, are you talking about Will Poulter? You already said his name. The is guy that Will played Poulter? Bridger. The oh, yeah, young yeah, guy yeah. that yeah. was. That's Sid from Toy Story. <laughs> yeah. Is that put, not? He put some braces on him. Yeah, yeah, I can see it. Right? Yeah, I can see that. Okay. That's, yeah. I didn't. I, can, I just. You I already said that name, so. Oh, right. So, <laughs> I, you know. I, right. thought, I thought the voice actor that played Sid or something. Yeah, well, heck, the way he looks, it could be. <laughs> what? Uh, also, doesn't it have the same director or uh, cinematographer Alejandro Iñárritu yes. always? Um, and he's won back to back to back. I was gonna say Oscar wins for that cinematographer. Yeah, what is his the name? Oscar hat trick? The Oscar hat trick, dude. Like, you don't. One does not simply win one. Well, none. One does not simply win two back to back. But he won three. That's just silly. Uh, Emmanuel Lubezki. He also, uh, we've done a lot of his stuff, I think. Yep, he did. Uh, just recently, we reviewed uh, Children of Men. He did that one. Yep. Um, he's done a lot of the long, anything you've seen with a long shot lasting over like three yeah. minutes, yeah. he's done. Uh, I can't think of the director's name. Click on the Tree of Life. What? Okay. Terrence Malick. <laughs> uh, Terrence Emmanuel Lebeski is basically Terrence Malick's cinematographer. Well, and... So. Uh, and uh, Alejandro Iñárritu well, yeah. anymore. But he does like one movie every seven years. Okay, he did uh, Birdman three years ago. Yeah. And Children of Men. I don't know if that was on here. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, first time watching it. This is my second time. I think this is Aaron's fifth. Fourth. Fourth, okay. Four times. Goodness. That's, yeah. In six months. Yes. God. Yeah, Not that's what I'm by... saying, dude. I mean, the first time I watched it, I just wanted to watch it again to catch a little more of what right. I might have missed the first time around. Right. Then it was time to review it, so I watched it, and then uh, because of certain circumstances, we weren't able to review it, so I had to watch yeah. it a fourth time. For so. sure. I got you. Johnny, what about you? How many times have you seen it? First time. First time. All right. I want to get your thoughts first. What did you think about this film? Oscar bait. Oscar bait. I, it just it felt like it was Oscar bait. I... I was bored at points. I was bored most of the movie, actually. I was also bored most of the movie. The shots were beautiful. I'll give them that. Right. Yeah, they definitely were, which, I mean, you can't argue with like, with him winning. You can't argue with the runtime of the movie and yes. some of the decisions to include certain scenes and not cut more of it. Wait, I right. can't argue with who winning? Uh, Emmanuel. Emmanuel. Lebeski. Lebeski. Yeah, okay. uh, you can argue... I. I know you're headed into the Leo yeah, conversation. Yeah. Well, that'll, we'll 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 sidebar that for now. <laughs> I figured you'd want to hold that. Yeah, one. just a little bit. 
Um, but did it feel like Oscar bait to you? Uh, to a sense, yes, and that's because of certain scenes that felt so right. heavy-handed. It, it, that felt like they the, didn't the, belong in a movie. Uh, like a movie of this type, where the dream it's such a such a dirty, gritty fight for survival, and then you get these kind of artsy Oscar bait scenes right. thrown into the middle of it to interrupt Absolutely. that. That's exactly what I was gonna say. It it. Most of it did not feel like Oscar bait. Like it just felt like a really gritty film. And then you get his dream stuff, and it's like, yeah, no, this is this is total art Oscar yeah, bait. You know, yeah, I mean, absolutely. like just trying to impress people. Like, look at our special effects. Look at look at what we can do. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, uh, I'm I'm just gonna say I didn't like it. Okay, because of like what what are the the biggest things that put you off of it slow very slow but mm, okay i think i was sold a movie that different from the trailer because i was like this movie's gonna be ba it's gonna be awesome it looked a lot more fast-paced in the trailer like it's it's gonna be a hunt you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and then it, it was slow it was a drama and yeah See, it was slow. I do. I agree with that. It was slow, yeah. and there very well could have been forty minutes cut out of it. But yeah. take away those artsy Oscar bait scenes, and I, I didn't find any of the other stuff slow or boring. It's no. such a simple story, and because it's focusing on two characters and each played by fantastic actors, it kept me interested in the story. Right. But then it just it felt not continuous like broken up in parts because of those uh like the dream sequences and the the where they kind of force in these religious allegory or these uh, yeah. nature shots just to stress the point of what's been destroyed and like bad yes. people destroying nature like it's just kind of heavy-handed a little bit you gonna say something i thought the characters were kind of one-dimensional too uh, they felt I didn't I I mean obviously you had a lot of character development development with Leo but I didn't feel like there was a lot when it came to anyone else. Uh, I think Tom Hardy's character was uh, a little more developed, but if you think about it, it's it's his character Leo's character is like the only one in the film for most of it. You get you don't get any of uh, Dom Hall Gleason at all. Uh, which was the, but, the captain. Yeah, but that doesn't mean his performance was fantastic too. Right. No, I thought it was very and I good. don't know. As far as like one-dimensional characters, a lot of the characters aside from the three that you mentioned, Leo, Tom Hardy, and Donald Gleason, are just there. additional characters. Right. They have these little scenes thrown in there. Right. So, yeah. It, it, you know, I, I don't know where, where to take this though. Like, what do you want to talk about acting right away? Yes. Might as well yes. get yeah. that conversation out of the way. Yeah. Uh, best combo, best backcourt in the entire movie industry in this film. You know what I'm saying? What you talking about? Like, like best point Keep guard. Keep your shooting. basketball. Yeah. Come on, analogies guys. out of here for real. <laughs> you don't like, know what you're talking yeah. about. <laughs> best pair of acting performances I've ever seen in a movie together. Any- as in. As in Tom Hardy and Leo. Didn't like either of them. What? Oh. Holy buckets. Get now, out. We I, had more fun when you weren't here. <laughs> I can accept the <laughs> argument that maybe Leo didn't 
deserve not, the Oscar. Okay, maybe not the... I don't accept that he didn't deserve the Oscar. Maybe that he didn't deserve it for this performance. Okay. Because he's had other better I, performances. I'm, I'm just saying, I've seen these two actors act, and I did not like their performances. I thought this compared, was Tom Hardy's best that he's I done. Hated, his yes. was the worst character. I oh. hated that character. What? I hated the acting. Really? I just... I couldn't understand a thing he said. That was one thing. Well, I and mean... second, I just did not... I don't know. It was just... It didn't do anything for me. Yeah. And I, Leo's character was a little... Blah. Yeah, a little bit. Um, Like, he, he didn't have very many lines for being the leading man driving right, this but, movie. But like, acting, was is, acting is much more than just delivering right. lines. So there's more to it than just the dialogue. So right. to say that he didn't deserve the Oscar, I don't agree with. To say that he right. should have won it for maybe something else, yeah, I'll buy that. Right. Okay, yeah, Leo absolutely deserves an Oscar, but for this performance, mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, who who else was up for? Uh, was well, wasn't it Brian Cranston was oh, yeah, one? Right. B. Cranston um, for Trumbo. Fastbender for uh, uh, Jobs. Steve Jobs. Then it was Leo. Uh, then was Tom it? Hanks was not in there, but should have been for Bridge of Spies. <laughs> Thought I'd just throw that in there. Uh, Debatable. <laughs> if you want to check out our Bridge of Spies yeah. episode, <laughs> so. I don't remember what else he was up to. I can't remember off the top of my head. Episode. Right? Oh God! <laughs> it took me a minute to hear and see what he. Or, whoa! I, I can spy what you did there. <laughs> I hate you so much. Uh. So, anyways, back to the acting. <laughs> the fact that Tom Hardy did not win. Yes. Was I mean uh, back to Bridge of Spies? The guy that was the the supporting actor in Bridge of Spies won for best supporting actor. I thought Tom Hardy was much better in this movie and right. deserved it. Right. Okay. So you're you're on the the same thing as Team me, Hardy. Well, yeah. <laughs> yes. Because I didn't think Mark like I like liked Mark Rylance in Bridge of Spies, but I think Tom Hardy blew yeah. everyone out of the water, and he very well could have been the leading man. He could have been. Yeah. It's one of those where. <coughs> Where where the quote supporting actor has just as much maybe more time on screen than our lead actor, so I think we've talked about it before. It's kind of like uh, in the fighter, Christian Bale won for best supporting actor. Thunders, Dicky. Yeah. Thunders. Everybody who saw the movie knows he was the lead actor. Oh yeah. You can't have Christian Bale and Mark Wahlberg in the same movie and call Mark Wahlberg the lead actor. Right. Like that Mark Wahlberg sure is a leading man. What? No. I hope somebody requests the happening. Yeah. <laughs> For real. All right, so where do we go from here? Uh, acting down, because it's phenomenal, this movie. Okay, well... I guess two-thirds of us say it's phenomenal. Well, that was a point of... Fright. My bad. Disagreement. Right. It, was, it wasn't It was bad acting, but it was. I've seen better from both those actors. In what? In what? I, I mean, Leo, obviously, you don't have to give me anything. Yeah. Uh, what's eating Gilbert Grape? Obviously, his most manly performance. Uh, <laughs> but what about uh, uh, Tom Hardy? You're not going to say Mad Max. Please don't say Mad Max. Well, I was going to say Bane. Oh, yes. <laughs> I knew you would say. No. I mean. No, I honestly liked Mad Max better. Really? Yeah. He Tom Hardy is great. There are a lot of, I guess, smaller movies that maybe people haven't seen. There's one movie called Locke that was just him in a car the entire movie. No supporting actors. Was he locked thing. inside? Oh, that was no. Tom Hardy, wasn't that? No, he was not locked inside. Because <laughs> how funny would that have been? But he was like, great he in that to like, carry a movie. Pull um, the thing up. The one I almost picked, uh, I mentioned it as my pick, but changed, was The Drop 
with Tom Hardy. He was great in that, but I think it was nothing compared to what he did in this movie. Yeah. To each their own. To each their own. Like I said, I mean, he's a good actor. I just, I liked his performance in Mad Max better. I thought he was, I don't know, I think he conveyed a lot more by saying so little than he did in this movie where he was... He had to talk a lot more. Yeah, and his his accent is a, a little more reminiscent of that of Lawless, the his character in Lawless. If you notice, it's like a Al, I, I was gonna say Alpachian, <laughs> Appalachian uh, accent, which I thought he was French the no. first time. Yeah, I watched you said this. that. Yeah. that's wrong. Yeah, completely. <laughs> I thought he was a French trapper. Nope. No. You know, another thing, but I think maybe I liked him in Lawless more too. Yeah, not, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Okay, so so where do we go from here then, guys? Story. Story? Sure. Okay. Since uh, you brought it up. Oh, wait, we didn't... <laughs> <laughs> we didn't talk about the bear. That's oh, part of the story. Bears, no, the bear's acting. Oh. <laughs> it was great, right? Amazing. <laughs> rawr, rawr, rawr. <laughs> Convinced me totally that it was a bear. Wow. <laughs> I know, right? Like... There was there was a moment where I swear it was trying to do, like, wolf or something, but... <laughs> Then it, then it just kind of reined it in and got yeah. right back into bear. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the funny thing we didn't, we didn't notice is they actually used a brown bear where in the movie it was a grizzly. Oh. Yeah, oh. so slight difference, but, you know. <laughs> really got to be a bear connoisseur. To- connoisseur. That was an awful, awful yeah. two minutes of podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. What? No. Um, you need a so, soundboard. I'm serious. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> oh, back to the story, maybe? Yeah, that's okay. it. Story. Um, is it kind of one-dimensional aside from the dream sequences? It's very simple, right? But that's why I liked it. Uh, it's I keep saying like these movies, like Children of Men, these movies like Cold Mountain, where the story is just as simple as one man trying to get from point A to point B, and that's all this movie really is. They all have their different reasons. It's, and I think this movie, uh, I the real true life story of Hugh Glass. He did not have a son. There was no reason for him seeking revenge other than these two guys abandoned him out in the wilderness and stole anything he needed, including his firearm, anything he needed to survive. And that's why he was seeking revenge. I think the addition of a son and more of a a human aspect. Absolutely made it more of a, a real life relatable character rather yep. than just a revenge tale because this guy stole my gun. So <laughs> I say that with that gun. That was probably one of the worst part best but you know, most heartfelt moments when he's like watching that happen. Right. Oh he yeah. Can't do anything. All he yeah. all he says is <laughs> <laughs> Because apparently you can't talk if you break ribs or something. And like every bone in your body and have yeah, you know, just just I like mean, you go get attacked by a grizzly, and I'll try to have a conversation. Three a brown times, bear. in fact. <laughs> uh, okay, so I think I didn't know that. I I, I didn't uh, know the story of huge glass. Huge. <laughs> um, but I, I think adding definitely, it's a good uh, good move by the director to add that human element because yeah. no one would have cared. Right. Exactly. Like. Just at another point, simple... I mean, it still is more or less a simple revenge right. story, but at least you have a, a reason enough to relate to, to accept for a two-and-a-half-hour right. revenge movie. And at that point, you're like, God, they, they left him for dead. He's just being a dick trying to go kill him. Right. You know what I mean? Like, 
There's there's no reason. But the great part of it, and the reason I like um, Tom Hardy's performance so much, is that you almost agree with every decision he makes because it is the logical thing to do, whether or not it's the right thing right. to do. He does it to survive. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. I like that part, at least. Well, when they... they, they no shocker, they, they kind of... They have to... They're moving too slow with Leo, um, and so they, they have two or three people stay behind. Why initially... He, he just wants to get home, Tom Hardy's character. Why initially does he... He doesn't decide. volunteer initially. He's well, no, the no, one no. Argue. He he wants he wants to get more money. But why why do they leave him? Um, and spoiler, uh, why did they leave Leo yes. behind? Because they had to get up to the top of a mountain, and carrying that uh, carriage with Leo was next to impossible. Okay, and they were just going to kill him, get rid of the dead weight, and keep going. But he, the commander, uh, oh, Donald right. Gleason, couldn't was... do it and said, okay, somebody stay with him until he dies, then catch up. That's right. They were they were basically waiting for him to die, yes. but he... Yeah. Why won't you die? From <laughs> Austin Powers. <laughs> that makes sense. Okay, I, I, I couldn't forget. Or I, I couldn't forget. I totally forgot why they they had the the party stay behind. Um, and that's... It's not logical, though, what Tom Hardy does at that point, I don't think. Like... How so? He because they can wait out the winter. They can like they're obviously experienced hunters and gatherers. Uh, well, the they're thing in is, enemy at, territory, surrounded by okay. people that want to kill them. At that point, <laughs> uh, fear does weird things to logic. Yeah. And he was he was a, a scared. He was a scared. A scared. He okay. was in survival mode, and right. to stay behind to to stay with a guy he is entirely convinced is going to die didn't make sense for him. He's going to cut his losses, kill him because he's dying anyways, and leave. So it absolutely makes sense. Every decision he made, I, you, you kind of have that, man, he's a bad guy. <laughs> like, that's a bad guy. <laughs> but then you're like, oh, he's doing the right thing. I probably I, I might do that myself. No, see, I think and they, they go into it a little bit later when they get back to the camp. He's just kind of a dick. When he, he's, uh, that tale that he tells is so convincing Right. When he's like, yeah, I wanted to cut out early. He's like trying to cover for Bridger. But Bridger here, he wanted to build a cross, and we buried him right. We did what we could. It's like in yeah. every way absolutely convincing. Absolutely. But, but so sleazy. Yeah, and then, and then the, the even sleazier part is when uh, Donald Gleason's character is like, hey, so we can't pay you because you used too much money preparing for this expedition. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I don't think that's... I think what he was saying is because Tom Hardy asked him when they were going to get paid for the furs that they had. He had right. already been paid to stay behind for glass. Right, right, right. And then uh, what I got from it was Donald Gleason, Captain Anderson, I think his name was. Uh, but he says that he's not going to get paid because he's $300 short. So he's just saying you were paid for uh, staying behind to help Hugh Glass, but... Uh, according to the books, that was expenses for your trip. So he's just giving him the shaft. Okay. So I, was, uh, I don't know. I took that a little bit differently. Yeah, I took that differently too. Which How'd you? I thought he had been fronted money and used it all right. in preparation. See, I don't. I didn't take that. Maybe that is the case. I took it that uh, the Captain Anderson or Andrew, Captain Andrew Henry. There it is. Captain Andrew yeah. Henry was just covering his own butt. 
because the three hundred dollars he gave right. to stay behind, he had to write it on the books as some kind of expense. That makes sense. Other than staying behind that for makes a dying too. man. I mean, I don't know. For me, that just seems out of character for him. Really out of character for him, even by the story standards. Uh, I guess, but we don't get much about him. He is, first and foremost, a businessman. He's leading these guys on a business venture. Well, he's venture. leading a business venture, but every action he takes up to that point has been, you know, the moral, right, ethical right. call. Right. So to me, it just felt out of character from what little we know. Right, right. Um, Story? I mean, that's it's so, so very simple. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's, a guy it's simple, and I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good story. It just, I mean... I really don't know what to say about it. It was simple. There, the was, there was a lot of we know we, we didn't bits. really touch on like the dream sequences. Yeah, I was though. just going to bring that up. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Because it's it, it makes that's how Leo gets a lot of his development. He doesn't he says five words the entire movie. Let's be real. But then you get like just his basic interactions with his I guess essentially former wife. That's not the right word. Deceased wife. Yes. Widow. No, I mean. Anyways, know. yeah, his wife. Yeah, his wife and his son and just what he's gone through, you know, without saying anything. So I think that blends it to the movie a lot. And yes, some of them, but then the others where it's just the, like the, the stacks the, of skulls. Yeah, my gosh. And, and then the uh, the he was in uh, what, like a collapsed cathedral or church of right, some yep, sort. And yep. it's just some of that stuff. And threw the movie off entirely. <laughs> yes, a little bit. And I, the, the, I remember it the more the first time that I seen this movie, I was like, I don't know if they were going for allegories and stuff that I just didn't understand. I, I sure there's probably some deeper understanding of what they were trying to do, but it's exactly what Johnny said. Let's win an Oscar. <laughs> I got to admit, at that point when I was watching these dream yeah. sequences, I thought it was just them throwing imagery in, like, hey, look what we right. can do. Right. You know, but, you know, again, with throwing in those scenes, though, they kind of allowed them to set up scenes for, like, because they, I noticed one time they used the crackle of fire for going from one scene into another campsite. Uh, it went from, I think, Leo's fire to Bridger's fire with Tom Hardy and stuff. Yeah. I'm not going to say that cinematography of these scenes right. wasn't good. You know what I mean? Just so, the choice to include some of the scenes yeah. was odd. Right. So editing fault? Uh, just even the director's choice to have that be part of it. It felt disjointed. Yeah. It felt uh, like two different ideas. Yes. yes. Right. I, okay, that's a, good, that's a good way to put it. Two different ideas that, like, like brackish water. That kind of mix at some point, but not really. You can you can still tell tell like the obvious line. You know what I'm saying with like brackish water. No, no mind, guys. it was a brown bear. <laughs> <laughs> it was a brown bear. Um, goodness. <laughs> Let's talk about audio. I thought it was awesome. Yes, thought it was thought, really awesome. And the music helped. Yep. Uh, I loved every part of the music because it blended with the movie so well. It didn't take away from it. It wasn't too in your face. Yep. Some of there were some times where it just got like this repetitive drum beat that yep. kind of felt a little overwhelming. I, but I liked the drum beat, honestly. It, yeah, I'm not saying. I'm saying at some points it felt like the music took forefront rather than what you're watching, to where the mu- music became what you're noticing more right. than being part of what you're seeing. Yeah, I honestly, I 
not a, I'm not usually a big fan of audio, but I thought the audio in this one was yeah, well done. That, well done. And combined with the cinematography, that bear scene was one of the most intense scenes I've seen in years because mm-hmm. of that one was, and we talked about it kind of with Children of Men, where there's a lack of music. Yeah. And it's it was just, just silent. raw. Yeah, yeah. Just what you're hearing and what he's going through, and it was intense. Yeah. But, you know, as I pointed out, like, earlier, like, they used it, the audio to, like, combine scenes together, and it... it and, and themes. Yes. The, the wind through the trees yep. and the, the breathing throughout. Because, yeah. Like, fight for every breath, and as long as you're breathing, you're still alive. And Yeah, and see, you know, and I kind of want to say this a little bit later, but I think you brought up a great point. With the dream sequences, and especially Leo's acceptance speech, it, it kind of shed a little more light on it. This was, a, like, a, a film about the Earth. It wasn't so much I mean it, it was a I'm gonna kill you murder story right uh, but it was also like we're killing the earth you know what I mean well he killed those cubs but the yeah, they killed but all my, of them. my thing is that that it's not that the right has place. its own place right that has exactly. its own movie to be made other than being part of this movie like yeah. Happy Feet Yes. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I agree yeah, I mean, with that, but uh, yes. And, uh, to an extent, yes, that's that's uh, kind of a ballpark for animated movies because those always have the lesson to tell. Like, I don't want to, I don't want a preachy movie trying to teach me a lesson. I mean, right. I guess sometimes, yes, if it's part of what's happening and part of the theme, but I just, it felt heavy handed. Yeah, slide it in subtle, unnoticed. That's, the best way to do it. I mean, when they hit, beat you over the head like this, it's yeah. I mean, all we needed really to to get that point across was show a, how many scenes did we get of establishing shots of just the some of the best nature shots, right? Establishing scenery, and then that's all we need to to kind of get you like, okay, this is what's gone. This is what's going away. Not the heavy handed mountains of buffalo skulls and the right, like, right. Come on, a little over the top. Yeah. Um. One scene we did not bring up yet is how they ripped off of Star Wars when Leo cut open this tauntaun. <laughs> oh yeah, and lived inside of it. I even I even turned and commented to right. Shara about that. I was like, like, "Oh my god, check it out! <laughs> Star Listen, Wars killed the tauntaun. Yes, it was from Star Wars, but he's surviving. Yeah, no, no, I, I liked no, it. Yeah, so. I liked it a lot. Um, also. I can't remember what I just had, but I had a thought in my okay. ma- my mind. Well, I'll go into mine then. Go ahead. Uh, we're kind of touching on scenes and, and cinematography. I wanted to mention the lighting because from what I read, almost every single scene was natural lighting. Uh, they said there were a few that they had to use placed lighting because the flickering of the fire in the wind was too high. So it threw right. shadows where right. they didn't want. But you can definitely tell that this was for the most part, natural lighting. Yeah. And I loved that part or the fire scenes. The one scene in particular that I thought looked great because of that was when they, when, uh, captain Henry found, he was out with that search party Mm -hmm. and found Hugh glass. And it was just pitch black through the forest. And all you had was the torchlight from all these, like however many soldiers were out there and just things like that, where the lighting set the mood for absolutely. It was very well done. Now, I know we've reviewed another movie that has done natural lighting. I think it was, what, The Witch? Yes. Yeah, yeah. that, I, that was all natural light. Yeah. So I I think that one did lighting a lot better than this, honestly. I, I just didn't even really notice. 
I think it, everything felt like it was place lighting. Right. I think uh, I will agree to an extent. I think the witch had less going for it because you don't recognize like any of the actors in it. You don't recognize a lot of the the big shots from Emmanuel Lubezki. It, it's yeah. more of a surprise to see that type of quality from right, that maybe. type of movie. Maybe exactly. You know what I mean? So I think it's the lighting is almost lost because there's so many other things to pay attention in this film. Yeah, I mean, we kind of knock on this the story a lot and how heavy-handed it is, but this, I mentioned it before, this is one of my new favorites. Take away 30 minutes of heavy-handed right. just make lesson learning. Cut. Yeah, yeah, and it, this is one of the best movies I've seen. You know, uh, At least, okay, in my opinion, because right. this is the type of movie I like. I know some people are going to be thrown off by the two and a half hour runtime and how slow sure. it is and things like that. But um, the one thing I want to say is the the story is takes over. How, how long is the thing? Months, months, months. It uh, does not feel like months. Yeah. And that's, that's one I thing thought that was a couple of days. No, 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 no. That's one thing because <laughs> in the book, I mean, he, he has to first survive on his own without the use of his legs. He has to set his own leg and let that heal before he can walk. And in yep. this movie, it just seemed like, like it's progressing like from one so. to the next to the next to the next. And yeah. he just like, he's got some Wolverine healing factor over right. three days and he's better. Yeah. And they do a, a pretty good job of showing you small things. Like uh, there's no snow at first and then it starts snowing and then the snow starts melting a little bit and then it snows some more. And uh, like some of the shots in between mm-hmm. lend a hand to that, but it yeah. doesn't do a big enough job i agree the passage of time was completely lost i just thought he was in the midwest and that happens over a day yeah (laughs) no yeah exactly no but it was because they say it'll cut a few weeks off of our travel yeah and i wish they had had cut out the scenes that that we all agree sounds like that don't belong and added more of the travel back of yes because in in the book it fills in so much more of this guy's fight for survival and how he finds food when he literally cannot move, he's crawling on the ground. I, I will and how admit that he, is one thing that really surprised me. It didn't show any of that. Right, and 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 uh, how the decisions he makes and how smart he is. Like he crawls over this dead tree to let the bugs basically eat out and clean out his wounds, mm-hmm. and he uh, meets friendly Native Americans that help him uh, pour a salve over his wounds that basically clean everything out because his body's literally dying from diseases so they add some of that struggle for survival into there rather than they showed that one friendly native american yeah yeah and i guess that kind of took place of of that entire scene because that's essentially what kind of happened so uh, but just things like that show more of the struggle to survive and the passage of time (laughs) absolutely absolutely. rather than giving us these weird dream sequences i did enjoy the very first scene though when they're doing the hunting, and then they get attacked by the yes. uh, Ar- Arapaho Apache. Uh, I don't know how it's pronounced. It's Arikara. They say one time. Oh, Ari- the Arikara. Ar- I thought something? it was like Arikara because they call him Rees for short. Uh, so I don't know how it's actually pronounced, but it's. I think Tom Hardy actually called him Injuns at some point. Yeah, <laughs> Injuns. He also called him some other derogatory names. Yeah. That the hostile native forces. Yes, that's, I think that's what he called him. Native yeah. forces. Uh, anyway, I love that scene. The one thing that bugs me about it every time, 
There's a guy in the tree above them. Yeah. There and, is no way he, like, would, he had to be sitting there for how days. The heck was he up? That's what I think every time because it's so great. But then, like, you see the Native Americans coming over the hill from one side and they're coming from another yeah. side. And then there's like, a, like, he just sprinted through everything, climbed up this 50 foot tree and was shooting people. Yeah. It's like, come on. Hey, yeah. They're one with nature. You don't know how they get <laughs> there. One with nature. Uh, all right. I, th- I think it's time to wrap up. Do you, you guys have anything else you want to say about the film? I mean, uh, I will say that I liked, I know one of your complaints was that this director overuses the long shots, but I thought a lot of them it. looked great and I liked them. The opening scene, the one scene when he wakes up and he jumps on the horse and they're chasing after him. Um, just things like that. All awesome. scenes like that. I thought they worked. I know you said you didn't like them. Yeah, I, I liked a sure. lot of them. I thought most of them did work, but there was a couple where I I felt the length of the shot. Like it was starting. I'm like, come on, yeah, give, give me something new. Yeah, and that'll happen in a two and a half hour movie. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Um. All right. Uh. I'm gonna start with okay. my rating. Um. I liked the film. I did not love it. I think the acting saved it for me the story was uninspiring uh if we're gonna do a chase scene or like a chase movie i'd rather have it be mad max style in all honesty because that's honestly what this is it's just a big chase scene it's a midwestern chase scene yeah or wild western chase scene i guess i mean this is a, a western i would category categorize it as a western it's not your typical western I, w- but. I would say it's western setting i would not say it's a western because western like that's a spaghetti western. That's that's a subcategory. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Awesome like, mustaches. Exactly. Sweaty and they turn dirty people. Clint Eastwood walk ten feet and turn and yeah. then. Bam. Uh, speaking I, of the Magnificent Seven's coming out. The Magnificent uh-huh. Seven is it Magnificent yeah, a remake Seven? of the Magnificent. Yeah. Anyways, I was thinking of the awful. Hateful Eight. Um. Anyway, I'm gonna just give it a seven. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Lower than you thought. Uh, probably what I expected from you, uh, to okay. be honest. Okay. Like, you said, ooh, like it was, what? And then, well, I guess, what? I don't know. No see. way. Yeah. Uh, John, what about you? Hit me with yours. Uh, six. Wow. Do you want to clarify it all? Well, yeah, I was going to, but you were talking. <laughs> <laughs> um, go on. I, it was, it was too long for me. I lost interest after a while. I mean, there was some great scenes. I just, I guess I expected more coming into it and was ultimately felt like, hey, they got an Oscar. They good job for them, you know? Right. So it just it just didn't feel good to me. It wasn't a movie that I enjoyed. For sure. Aaron? I give this movie a nine. This I said before, this is one of my new favorites because of, I mean, it's got a lot of the things that I look for. First of all, great acting, characters that I thought were well-developed and not like, in a, a way that takes away from the movie. We don't have any like bad exposition to say, oh, this is why this guy's in this situation. It's right. just developed throughout the movie. I think all of the scenes looked great. I, it just take out 40 minutes of it, and this might be one of my perfect 10 movies. Honestly, but, yeah, if they took yeah. out 40 minutes, I would probably would have rid it up seven. seven yeah, and I, in, in my opinion, Leo was great. Maybe not his greatest performance, but it's still fantastic. Tom Hardy was 
absolutely cool. fantastic in my opinion. He was Even awesome. the smaller parts like Will Poulter uh, as Sid as Sid from Toy Story. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, Donald Gleason right. as Captain Henry I thought were great. So I give this a 9. It's one of my new favorites. All right. Uh, that gives us a score of 7.34. Uh, actually, that's way lower than uh, pretty but much what everything I, Like is. I said, that's to be expected from a movie of this type. Two and a half hours of, yeah. of basically slow burn storytelling. Yeah. It's not going to be a fan favorite. No. Well, I mean, even on, I think on Rotten Tomatoes, it got a 4.1. I think that's more because Out of, of five, the, I mean? the recognition of the achievements of, I know, and that's of exactly what it accomplished, what not because people thought it was one yeah. of their favorite movies. I think everybody's like, oh, this movie's so great. And everybody's like, oh, I guess it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sheeple. Sheeple? <laughs> Sheep people? Yeah. Sheep people. Um, all right. So that's the episode. Must watch? I say yeah, at least once. No. I'll there's say, there's better things to watch. Uh, add it to your list, but make it a randomizer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Randomizer. Hope it never comes up like the Fast and Furious. No, oh, okay. higher than that. Like midway through, like yeah, I'm okay with it, but it's not gonna be like one of the first things I watch. I think I think you'll know if you're the type of person that would enjoy this movie. Yeah. I think you'll know. Yeah. Speaking of randomizer, hell of a transition. I know you're excited about this one. Dope. Uh, guys, I was excited the moment it got put in. I have watched it since it got put in. You picked this as uh, Gem of the Week, didn't you? I did. One week? Okay. Yeah. Um, I like a week about. after it got put in, I yeah. decided to watch it. I made it a Gem of the Week. Uh, while I was in London on a vacation, I rewatched it because we were just killing some time. Uh, and we get it again. Dope. Um, it's a movie from 2015. It's a, it's a rated R. Uh, I like to describe it as uh, super bad, but these kids are actually kind of good people. Um, whereas in super bad, they were just kind of s- dumb, dumb, stupid heads. Dumb, dumb, stupid heads. Uh, with yeah, I don't want to bl- have to go back and that bleep w- anything. That would be a great title for a movie. <laughs> dumb, dumb, stupid heads. <laughs> yeah. Um, dope. Uh, life changes for Malcolm, a geek who's surviving life in a tough neighborhood after a chance invitation to an underground party leads him and his friends into a Los Angeles adventure. Uh, written and directed by L- Rick Famuia. Try again. Good one. <laughs> I mean, I have no idea how you say that. I don't know. Famuia. Um, <laughs> but the, the no recognizable names in this, um, aside from ASAP Rocky, uh, which is a rapper who's in it for maybe five uh, minutes. Yeah, and you mentioned a guy from Workaholics. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Uh, Durs from uh, Workaholics. I remember that when you when you picked it for the gem of the week. Or no, Blake. Is Blake Durs? No, Durs is the tall, goofy swimmer one, right? I don't know. It's been a while since I've seen Workaholics, but Blake, the really redheaded, curly-haired guy, <laughs> uh, and uh, the the narrator is Forrest Whitaker. Oh. It works. Okay. It works. Because Forrest Whitaker's hit or miss. There's Sometimes he's great. Other it times he's just, oh. No, it works. Uh, like I didn't even know it was Forrest Whitaker for a, while, a long time, um, but really good movie. Uh, I, I expect... I mean, I loved it, but I think you guys are going to probably give about the similar reviews as I would, um, just because it's it's a very, very low-budget film, um, $7 million, and it, 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 it works really well. So, I like when movies like this are chosen, because this is one I you probably never would have watched. Right. So I like, I like, that's why we do the randomizer and the, the 
votes. Yeah. Listener votes. So absolutely. Um, so guys, check us out on Twitter at Nothing Real as well as on Facebook at Nothing But Real Reviews and more, and on iTunes as Shocker, Nothing But Real Reviews and more. Uh, we're all over the interwebs, uh, Podbean, Podcast.com, a lot of places. Just Google us, you'll find us. As well as send us an email at lethargicmedia at gmail dot com. Uh, let us know what you think of our show and send something into the randomizer. Could they bing us? Yeah, nope, <laughs> has to be Google. Yeah, it has to be Google or Yahoo. Yahoo. Nope, oh, just yeah. Google. Bing does not ask, work. Ask Jeeves. <laughs> it's not even a thing anymore. Oh. Uh, someone end the show. Jeeves retired? Yeah, pretty sure. Oh. Tell, Tell your friends. friends. Hey, guys. Oh, big golfs, huh? All right. Well, see you later. Good day, sir. You're a... Sir, I said good day. Yeah, see ya. Hasta la vista, baby. This has been the Nothing But Real Reviews and More podcast. A special thanks to Jordan Binder. Linger, man. Yeah, totally. Linger. Hardcore.